Hello and welcome to the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show while you're at it at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the show if you haven't already. Uh, leave a rating and a comment as well. That would be greatly appreciated. First and foremost, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning on a long, long journey. 64 days in the bubble, and they come away as 2020 Stanley Cup champions. And to join me to talk about that run is none other than Locked On Lightning host, Adam Denker. Adam, how are you, bud? Feeling great, man. Feeling like a champion. Uh, (laughs) Way to rub it in. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Just only 60 60 and change days in the bubble. I wasn't even there, and I feel worn out from this whole playoff run. Um, Man, what what better way to end this this long, almost year-long season in lifting a cup? I, I, I mean, I, even saying out loud still, it's still something that uh, I'm still getting used to. And, you know, at least we can milk this for another year or so, depending on how long this upcoming season goes. And it's interesting because it's not – it wasn't traditional. Like, it was super weird kind of watching the ceremony take place. Also, what were your thoughts on Gary Bettman when he brought everyone over to hand the cup to Stamkos? It, it, that was kind of a bizarre – thing i hope that's that's not sticking around because i think the they had it right with the traditional head captain come over lift the cup and then he brings it over to the team this whole everyone surrounding business kind of was an awkward weird look for me how did you feel about it oh yeah it was definitely bizarre but i mean we're in a season and a year of just ongoing bizarreness going on um you know it was a great moment to have steven stamkos there obviously uh the whole story behind that was that he didn't put on he he was there in full pads um to lift the cup and you know he had his skates on as well um and he didn't put on his his pads or any of that stuff until about three four minutes before the game ended just because he didn't want to jinx uh <laughs> them but obviously the game was pretty much in control and it was just a matter of um you know if the lightning how many you know, if they were going to get one more before the clock uh, ran down to zero. But yeah, as for Batman there, it was kind of weird uh, just having him stand there awkwardly in the team picture. I don't think that was as intended. I think the the Lightning just kind of wanted to have a, a pre-cup uh, lifting picture together. And then mm-hmm. he just got caught in the middle of things. Um, obviously, he had to be there to officially present the trophy to Steven Stamkos. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's going to be a usual thing. Hopefully. Um, I don't know how maybe you would feel in a potential, maybe if the Leafs were to ever win the cup in the next 60 years, if they were going to, um, hey now. <laughs> if, uh, you know, I don't know how you would feel if, um, if, you know, the, the cup, if Gary Bettman's in the middle of a team picture like that. Yeah. I, you know what? Honestly, I, I don't think that would upset me as long as there's fans in the stands, man. I think that's that was kind of the part that probably sucks for a lot of the Lightning players, too. I know that some of them had some family there, but not as much as they would like. And also the fans, the fact that you're not celebrating with, you know, the the fans is something that I hope the NHL never has to go through again. Um, you know, not only were us you know the public was cheated and not able to to go and watch these games live but like you know the players consistently came out and said how much energy that they get playing off the crowd and how much they miss 
the fans being, you know, in the stadiums and the fact that they were parading around the Stanley Cup without anybody in the building was also kind of a weird sight to watch. And so 2020 and, and you know, I'm just glad that the 2020 NHL season is kind of behind us now. And hopefully we don't have to go through this again next season. Uh, there are some talks about a bubble and maybe we'll chat about that a little bit later, but uh you know, for now, let's just keep to, to talking about this Stanley Cup run for the Tampa Bay Lightning because this was an interesting run. I don't think there was, and forgive me if I'm wrong, other than the fact that you didn't have your captain, Steven Stamkos, which I guess is an obstacle, but it really didn't seem like there was much struggle from Tampa's perspective rolling through everybody throughout the entire playoffs. Um, maybe you could shed some light on that and kind of tell me how you feel that the Tampa Bay Lightning Cup run went this year. Um, yeah, I think that considering how things, you know, could have potentially have gone, um, I think that on a scale of one to 10 of difficulty, I would probably have to place this run at probably maybe a, a six and a half, maybe a seven, just because there was some, just remember, even though they did only lose a game or two in each series, um, they, they, all the teams that they faced, including Dallas were very physical teams and they took it to them every single game, regardless of what the score was. And you definitely saw it uh, to, at some points during this, the star series where this team was just worn out, um, especially in that game one where a lot of people contributed uh, Tampa just having a day off um, after facing, you know, the, the gritty New York Islanders and, you know, just once again, a stick tap to them because they really gave Tampa a run for their money. And I think a lot of people were shocked about how close that series got um, and then going on to face a, a well-rested stars team. And so, you know, I it could have been a lot worse. Um, ideally, for the the average stars, uh, the sorry, the the lightning fan, the average lightning fan, um, you know, ideally you would want to see them sweep every series, but you can't expect that to happen considering you know they're playing Columbus, who who's just a very gritty team, and then you're going up against Boston, who we all know what to expect from Boston, and then the Islanders there as well. Um, even the stars, um, you know, it was it was probably best case scenario. And of course, obviously, the best case scenario is lifting the cup because, you know, that was obviously kind of the the good the end all be all for this situation, because if I believe and I'm not going to talk about this too early on my show, but I'm going to throw it out there. If the lightning didn't win the cup, we might be talking about a whole different scenario in terms of maybe personnel change and all that. But hey, listen, um, this was just the consolation prize. I mean, if you look at the videos that were surfacing yesterday, uh, when the lightning touched back down in Tampa, just the the look of excitement uh, in them seeing their family after being away from them from so long, I think that was the ultimate prize there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It was it was awesome to see. And one of the weird parts, though, that was going on is is you know you're living in you're in New York, right? That's where you're based out of right now. Yeah. So I'm not sure what it's like in New York, but I know that up here in Toronto and in Canada and Niagara, uh, things are still pretty hunkered down and locked down, you know, with the whole COVID. Um, and Florida seems to be, I don't want to say, uh, not abiding by normal <laughs> COVID rules like the rest of the country. But it seemed like there was quite a bit of celebrating and partying going down in Tampa the night that they won the cup. 
that surprise you at all or, you know, being an American or is that kind of, you guys look at that and say, ah, classic Floridians. It's a mixture of both. I was surprised just because if you looked at videos surfacing outside of the Amali, there was, a, I want to say, over a thousand people, especially with the celebrations in the street um, going on after the game. But at the same time, that's just stereotypical Florida. I mean, those people are just, you know, I love Florida. I have family that lives in Florida, especially in the Tampa area. And I, I mean, Floridians are going to do what they're going to do. Um, you know, they're a lot more liberal down there with um, the, the non-social distancing as maybe uh, New York or even up by where you are. Um, and as for like cases here, I mean, it's, we're spiking here and there, but it's nothing out of control just yet. Uh, Florida's had um, their, their issues here and there, obviously, as everyone knows. But um, I just think it's, you know, this, this, this city and this franchise has been hungry since 2004 for a championship. And with everything going on with COVID and just, you know, the, the recent uh, failures with the lightning in the past couple of years, falling short in 2015, um, and then just coming so close the last couple of years. And then obviously everything that happened with Columbus last year, um, I think it was just a bit, you, you know, you, you kind of have to not blame these people for going crazy as they did, just because I think that this was just something that um, that city and that franchise really needed at this point in time. You know, you keep saying that, but you're talking to a, a guy in a fan base who hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. So uh, you've waited since 2004. That's not that long ago. In no, it's not. Um, I, but... I, I, I agree with you when you say, you know, you, you got you to gotta feel for these guys and going out and pouring out on the streets and celebrating because, you know what, up here in Toronto, if, if this would have been the Leafs run, you damn well know that there would have been massive parties and parades going on all the way down young streets and uh you know into into the streets for sure oh my i could only imagine what toronto the the videos online in toronto would be looking like exactly exactly (laughs) um victor hedman ended up winning the con Smythe trophy I thought that was the right decision. There seemed to be quite the split amongst all the voters, and he only ended up getting one extra first-place vote over Braden Point. I'm curious to to hear who you had as your Conn Smythe winner. Well, I think a lot of hockey fans uh, who were following the Lightning's journey throughout this entire playoff run um, probably thought Braden Point was going to win. I thought so too as well, uh, especially with him. Uh, netting a goal to get the lightning actually the game winning goal um, in, yeah. in in the decisive game but if you really you know after you take a step back after maybe the initial shock of Victor Hedman winning the con Smythe you got to remember the games that Braden Point missed due to injury uh, who was the next guy up for the lightning to really carry this team and who was really the leader throughout this entire playoff run when they didn't have their captain that was Victor Hedman Victor, I mean, even between whistles or on the ice, on the bench, whenever they shot, uh, took a shot of, of Victor Hedman on, on the, on the you know, TV, he was always doing something. He was always talking to maybe a guy who just made a mistake uh, or committed a penalty coming out of the box or, you know, whatever it was. I mean, if, if I had, if, you know, I think that Victor Hedman, if, if you could have two captains on this team, I think Victor Hedman was a shoe in for possibly second captain. Um, but he had the impact that you can't see in the score sheet. And I think that's what the writers 
for this award really took into consideration is that I think that if you don't have that kind of leadership that Victor Hedman really um, displayed throughout this run, um, I don't think maybe the Lightning would have been as successful as they would. It's very well put. And I think that Hedman, you know, sure, surefire Hall of Famer at this point, adding a Stanley Cup and now a Conn Smythe to his, uh, to his career. I think Hedman has established himself probably as the best defenseman in the world right now. And uh, he went out and proved that he's the most valuable player, not just defenseman, but most valuable player in the world right now uh, with that massive, massive playoff run. Um, what's next for Tampa though? Cause there's not a lot of time now between drafting the free agent process. We're a bit a week out from the draft uh, happening, but you know, there's, a couple of a couple of big guns up as RFAs, both Sorelli and Sergachev. There's only about five million in cap space. You know, odds are that this Tampa team, this was their last run as that core of, you know, the triplets and Kucherov and that core that really came through back in twenty fifteen. You know, what's next for this team? Who do you think may end up finding their way out of Tampa over the next little bit? Um, I hate to say it, and I've really been dreading. This is the whole thing that was unfortunate. I've been dreading this this conversation um, since the, you know, they lifted the cup, and I and I really think that the next step that the Lightning need to take is you got to pay Sergachev. Um, if you look at the player, the kind of player he was when they started training camp for the second time, um, and then the kind of player he was in game six, uh, he has absolutely grown immensely since those, those, you know, the last three months or so. He had um, that massive, uh, stick check. Yeah. Uh, right at the end of the game to kind of keep it scoreless. Cause that yeah. was a really good chance that he took away from Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he has, and his ability, um, on, on the penalty kill and especially on the power play to really quarterback things as well on that front. Uh, was super valuable to this team throughout this entire run. So I think they have to pay Sergachev. You got to lock him up long term now. Um, as for Sorelli, unfortunately, you know we I love Anthony Sorelli, great player, very talented. But I think it's just the case of you know with the cap being what it is now, and then you know just Lightning already having a lot of long term big contracts, and then them having to look for, towards the future of you know they're going to eventually have to lock up Braden Point at some point in the next couple of years. Um, he's just the case and it's not any knock towards his playing ability. Um, I think it's just a situation of, um, having the odd man out. And I think either he's going to be traded or, you know, we could potentially see him go to Seattle in the expansion draft. Ooh, uh, uh, they could get a lot for a guy like Anthony Sorelli. I, I wouldn't, I, 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 they probably would look to trade him before that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the most, the more likely situation out of anything, yeah. Um, obviously they're not going to just trade him for the sake of just getting, you know, rid of him. Um, but what the lightning also, that would be a good situation where, you know, trading him, um, and then they just get a bunch of good draft picks back in return because the lightning don't have a first round draft pick this year. And the one thing that, um, is kind of, uh, you know, lightning fans should keep an eye on is the lightnings minor league system is not exactly one of the best. Um, they do have a couple of top prospects waiting in the wings here and there, but it's not, you, you know, you're not going to really get the next, you know, superstar player coming out. Um, obviously that could all change. These guys could potentially develop really well, 
but um, they they definitely do need to get a couple of draft picks, maybe built up, you know, towards next year's draft or even the draft after, um, and and really go in heavy on the drafting to to develop so get some really good young talent to you know possibly sustain the success for the next maybe 10 to 15 years well I think there's a blueprint as well to a team who went through the gauntlet won the championship and then had to retool a little bit you look at that Blackhawks team from the early 2000s seemed like every time they won a championship they had to do so much retooling and shed some salary and some cap because they had other players that they had to get paid and, you know, you saw guys like Andrew Ladd and, you know, Bufflin ended up getting dealt after a, a big playoff round. Uh, Panarin had to go after a big playoff round. Brandon Saad, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's a blueprint of, of success and sustainable success as long as they keep that core together. You know, the Kucherov and, uh, you know, Hedman, Point. But Stamkos is the interesting one. I asked mm-hmm. you this last time I had you on the show, whether or not you felt that if they went on and won the cup without Stamkos, if that maybe would be the end. I'm not as confident as I was at the time when I I felt like maybe that could be an opportunity for them to kind of create some cap space and cap flexibility if they can move on from Stammer, just because you saw how much he actually did mean to that team. Um, And he is their captain. And if I'm not mistaken, does he hate probably has like a no, uh, no move or no trade. Does he not? Yes, he, pro- so, he does, yeah. So he would have to to approve a move out of Florida or out of Tampa. And, I mean, when you're a captain and you've set down roots there, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, have you waned any way on that about whether or not you think that is something that Tampa would still be looking to entertain if the proper, you know, trade was brought to them? Or do you think Stamkos is a non-starter conversation at this point now for the, for the organization? Um. Like you said, I mean, you brought it up on the last time we spoke. And um, the last time we spoke, I said I think it was more of a year-to-year basis kind of thing um, because the big issue here is Stamkos' health. Now, yeah. that could that's going to be a huge factor into any trade negotiations going forward if, if the Lightning do choose to, to entertain such a thing. I think personally, I think if – if, if I'm putting on my GM cap right now, I think that if I'm looking at Stamkos, you know, his timetable here, um, two to three years is probably when um, you want to get the highest kind of value for him in a trade return. And I think that maybe not this upcoming season, next, up, next season after that, I think that's when the Lightning are going to look at what they got. They're going to look at what they have in the minors coming up. And that's when they're really going to maybe try and wait, try and really decide whether or not maybe to move on in a different direction. Uh, like I said a couple moments ago, uh, they, they have another leader in this team, and that's Victor Hedman. And obviously, you know, you don't want to be in the business of trading away your captains. That's never a good thing because that could potentially hurt your team long term. But for, you know, and at the end of the day, this is a business. Um, so you need to think about, money you need to think about sustainability so you know trading steven stamkos ideally long term would probably be the best thing for you but i think the lightning really need to weigh the pros and the cons of this pro being you have victor hedman and then Braden point and kucherov as your leaders as well as vasileski who still very young you know he's 26 um so you do have that core leadership group right there 
But like you said, Stamkos means so much to this team. It's going to be a very difficult conversation going forward um, and decision for this franchise on whether or not to deal Stamkos. What a three minutes it was, though, huh? Oh, my God. It couldn't have gone any better than what it was. Um, I spoke about this with Locked on Abs host Chris Masilli. To do that after being out almost seven months. Unbelievable. It it was – I've – I, there's probably what maybe five players in the league that could hit a shot like that. Would you say that that was one of your best memories of this playoff run outside of obviously, you know, the cup celebration in itself? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think if if you're discussing maybe top 5 best moments throughout this whole run, I think lifting the cup obviously is number 1 and then Stamkos is number 2. Um and then you could just I think probably all the overtime wins follow after that. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I thriller. Which yeah, I, I think forgot about. <laughs> yeah, the five years uh, ago. I know it's. I think like Doc has mentioned throughout this entire run that with all the OT that the Lightning have played, I think the Lightning have played probably four extra games just in terms of how many extra minutes they've played. But yeah, I mean that's why I'm so torn on this situation. Um, and I think I had mentioned it a little bit last time we spoke. Is that Stamkos is so talented. The issue is just his health. And so if he were able to, to play 82 games consistently, I mean, we're talking, you know, him being in the conversation for Hart on a yearly basis. Yeah, yeah. He, it's so unfortunate that when you got a player who's so skilled and everyone knows it, that he's an absolute talent and unfortunately just can't stay on the ice for whatever reason you know the injuries have started to really pile up and you know as you hit 30 it it doesn't get better it only gets worse so Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully Stamkos can kind of pull it together and and finish out a career in a positive way uh, because I think that he's somebody who the Lightning really do depend on and rely on to be a superstar for that team I mean you look at how well they did last year um, you know, breaking records, becoming the best team since it was in 1996, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, Stamkos is an unbelievable talent when he's healthy and on the ice. And I hope that he can stay healthy and, and be that top player for, uh, for the Lightning for, for the long haul. Um, transitioning a little bit, and there is discussion about next season. And, you know, I, I don't think that uh, – Maybe you feel differently, but I don't believe that they're going to have going to be able to start the season with fans in the stands. So, unfortunately, I, I believe that Tampa will have to kind of raise their banner without having fans there, which is going to be upsetting in 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 a lot of ways. But um, what are your thoughts on on next season? If whether or not we see fans in the stands, and then your thoughts on this new report about possibly trying to have bubble regions going forward. Um, I, I, it wouldn't, after everything that's happened this year to, to start the season. And I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that the NHL is shooting for a first week of December start. That's, uh, not <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Let's I mean, be honest here, if they start before Christmas, I would be shocked, shocked. Yeah. I think that, I mean, as fans, I would love to see that as maybe someone, you know, who's, you know, in the realm of rationality, I think we need to take maybe a little step back and let these guys just enjoy their lives. Um, 
because if they really are heading into another bubble, they, they, you know, what are, you know, there's so many questions up in the air and we spoke about this before we started recording is, um, can you are is the players association really going to sign on for another six months or so with guys away from their families? No. I, I don't see a logical such. I don't see any sort of situation. I don't see, I don't see these guys getting millions of more of dollars just to do that. I don't, I don't see any, I, I, if that does happen, expect a lot of players to drop out. Um, as for the lightning lifting, the, you know, the banner and all that stuff without a fan, without any fans in the stands. I mean, hey, they lifted the cup with no fans there. I think they're just happy that they did it at this point. And then obviously the the icing on the cake was being back with their family. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's a very there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. And I think the NHL uh, has the opportunity now to kind of not really rush things back. Um, they did have months to, to decide how to approach this whole playoff scenario. And, um, you know, they did a very good job, I think with the, with the resources that they had at the time, but now they really have time to, to really organize things and do this a lot better. Um, it's just going to be unfortunate. I think if we're, I think we're probably going to have fans back and that's just, you know, expecting the COVID to kind of simmer down and, you know, I don't. I'm not entirely sure what the whole I, what the whole deal is with the vaccine, off the top of my head. But I would say, if I had to predict when fans are going to be at full capacity in the stands, I would probably say, um, expect maybe the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, I I was under the belief that maybe if things go right, we could see we could see it in the playoffs. I, yeah. I think. Um, I don't know, Stanley Cup final playoffs, wherever it starts. I think if you could, if you feel like you're good enough to do it in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you could, or in the Stanley Cup final, you could probably start at the beginning yeah. of the playoffs, right? I don't think a month is, is going to do too, too much. Uh, but I really do believe, uh, or I hope that next season at some point, there's going to be some fans in the stands. People can start going and watching games again. More so, you know, for my selfish enjoyment, like I, I, like going to the games and, and I want to be able to go down there too. And, you know, I think that the Leafs have should have a pretty good opportunity to, to make a run next year. And I'd like to be able to go to, to games. I'd like to be able to go to bars and watch them, you know, hang out with friends and watch them. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate uh, what's going on in the world with, with the whole coronavirus and COVID and everyone's got to do their part. But um, you know, hopefully at some point we get back to normal and I think getting fans in the stands would be, in terms of from a sports perspective would be uh, a lot closer to getting there. I think, and I just thought of this, um, if they do, which they probably are, if they lift the banner without fans in the stands, I believe that the first night, the first home game at the Amali, I think that the lightning should relift the banner in front of a, a full crowd. You just think? To, I it's think, corny. and I, <laughs> I think. Um, I don't think they relift it. I think they could still do a ceremony and just yeah. like shine a light on it. But a um, whole relifting ceremony, that yeah, just seems corny. I, I, I just think that um, it's one thing, you know, and obviously, you know, the lightning didn't go as long as, you know, in a drought as maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs have with lifting cups, but. Um, still, I think it would mean a lot more to the players to at least do something when the fans are there. And I'm sure they will. Um, they've always been very good in that regard of, you know, really picking and choosing the right moments to do things. So I'm not worried about that. But yeah, like just to echo what off you said, I was talking to my cousin who um, 
lives down in Florida as well. And, you know, we were talking about going to the home opener and um, I would love to be down there for opening night and just to see, you know, them actually do the, the lifting of the banner as well as, you know, parading around the cup and all that stuff in front of fans. But yeah, um, I don't think it's going to happen. It's just unfortunate. Um, but listen, it's the world that we live in right now and we're just going to have to make do with it. Yep, it sure is. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for joining me today and taking the time to chat. I know, uh, you know, you're a busy man and, you know, you probably got some more celebrating to do. Oh yeah. I haven't, my celebrating hasn't even peaked yet. Um, what'd you get up to? I mean, it's, it's probably a lot different than what you would have gotten up to if, you know, COVID wasn't afoot, but what were you able to get up to? How were you able to celebrate? Um, to be honest, the, the, right after the cup win, um, I just cracked open a beer and recorded my post-game celebration uh, nice. episode. Uh, obviously, I'm going to do something a little bit extra when things start to open up. I'll also go down to Tampa as well. Um, but right now, I'm just making do with what I can. Um, you know, I think one of the, the good things is that I've been doing with this, and I'm sure Lightning fans are doing it as well, is just watching all the videos that have been going on, um, mm-hmm. you know, the post-game celebration stuff, seeing the the pictures. We posted it to the Locked on Lightning uh, Twitter account the other day of uh, Stamkos drinking from the Stanley Cup, as well as uh, I think one of the best moments that I've seen thus far in the celebration um, is Coach Cooper having his coaching staff <laughs> with him and saying how they're going to go home 35 pounds heavier, which I think was just a classic moment. I think, um, you know, if you're going to do a reel of this entire run, I think that definitely has to be thrown in there. But yeah, my celebrating hasn't gotten too crazy. I've spoken to some fellow Lightning fans uh, that have gone the extra mile as well. But just remember, you know, to all my Lightning fans that might be listening, pace yourself because we're going to enjoy this for a very long time. I, uh, for some, maybe you've seen Goodfellas. I'm assuming most people have seen Of course, Goodfellas. of course. So when John Cooper did that little, you know, where I go back 35 pounds heavier and like did that weird laugh, like hysteria, it reminded me of, of, uh, Henry Hill's laugh. In- oh, yes. It did. Oh, my Goodfellas. goodness. Yeah. Like, that- <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, now we have to play that on the Locked On show every time I, I talk about something that's ridiculous. with Oh, with yeah. Lightning. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, just spread it out. Um, I think I'm going to pick and choose my moments. I'm, I'm definitely going to celebrate this weekend when I have no work to do and all that stuff. So that's when the real celebrating is going to start. Yeah, well, I luckily did get to celebrate uh, an NBA championship with the Raptors last year, and it was a lot of fun. It was a good summer. Uh, it's going to be a little different for you guys this summer, obviously, but still, you're champions, man. Congratulations, Adam. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. Check out uh, the Locked on Lightning podcast and go check out. I'm, I'm going to go and, and listen to that post-game show and just hear your raw emotion because I'm sure you were just absolutely ecstatic afterwards. I was you know, and this is probably not the good feeling to go into to record a 30 minute plus episode, but I was speechless. Um, and it was just more so the effort of getting the words out and to articulate them um, in, in a way that, you know, anybody could understand plain English um, after such a moment. But uh, I said it on the show and I'm going to say it again, after everything this team has gone through on and off the ice with, with injuries this year and, 
you know, with COVID and everything to, to not lose sight of their goal and to accomplish that through everything and to just keep one eye on it. Um, that this is, this is a season that not only lightning fans will never forget, but I think just all of us as hockey fans in general, will just remember for a long time. Yeah, definitely remember it. And uh, 2020 cup champions. Before I let you go, Adam, actually, I want to, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the Henrik Lundqvist situation here. Uh, The New York Rangers bought him out this morning, officially uh, longtime goaltender, the kind of heart and soul of that team for so many years. You are the lockdown lightning host, but you are based out of New York. So I just want to get your quick thoughts on, on what the temperature is like down in the big apple about this move. Um, it's not, it's not unexpected. Uh, this team had some very tough decisions. They're obviously heading in a different direction now. They're, they're solely youth. I mean, you saw it the other, a couple of days ago and they traded stall to Detroit. Oh, by the way, Stevie Y loves making trades with the Rangers. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that when he was with his time with Tampa, but McDonough, JT Miller. Yeah. Strawman. I mean, the list goes on. Um, but you know what? He's done a lot for this franchise. And obviously, you know, Ranger fans, uh, me as well, having, you know, Ranger roots um, are sentimental and kind of torn about him going personally. And I was, when I had my guest on the other day, Brian Sosa, a fellow Lightning fan, as well as New York native, uh, we discussed that a little bit because the news did drop while we were recording. So we obviously had to talk about it. Um, as much as he's done for this franchise, um, you also got to look at the stuff that he did not accomplish. Um, and that's obviously the big one is being not winning a cup. Um, and I was maybe a little harsh when I said that, you know, is he a great goalie? Absolutely. He has the numbers to show it. I mean, the team's record when he was there was very impressive throughout most of his tenure as the goaltender, but long-term when we're looking at him, is he going to be a hall of famer? I believe so. Hundred uh, percent. At the same time when, to me at least, and I know maybe some Ranger fans uh, might might get a little testy when I say this, but I think that to some regard, and now obviously jump in if you disagree, I think that he's a little bit of a stat compiler. Um, you mm. know, I'm, not, I'm not sure trying to be insensitive, but I mean, when you look, and I'm not saying tomorrow, I'm saying maybe 10 to 15 years, even 20 years from now when – Hockey fans in general, I'm not talking about Ranger fans. When you look back at Henrik Lundqvist and you look at his career, um, not that far off from where Curtis Joseph was um, or even a Roberto Luongo, both guys who you know came close at certain points in their careers, did not get the job done. Um, actually, Curtis Joseph is five wins behind all-time Henrik Lundqvist, um, them being sixth and seventh in goalie wins, but, uh, you know what he, he carried this team throughout a lot of playoff runs and they definitely wouldn't have been where they were, especially when they made their cup run. But, um, you know what it's, that's just the way it is. Like I said before, hockey's a business and unfortunately you're going to have to make tough decisions. And I'm sure at one point, um, I'm talking maybe 15 years from now, or maybe even 10, 13, Uh, the Lightning are going to have to make some tough decisions if they're making a transition, even like when a guy from like Vasilevsky, if it's just not in the cards. But you know what? Kudos to a great career. If he decides to retire, uh, if he decides to go somewhere else, 
maybe he'll hopefully end up in the Western Conference. So at least my Lightning won't have to run into him at least until the Stanley Cup Finals. Adam, thanks so much for joining. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Locked On These podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Also, go ahead and follow uh, Adam at AP Denker. Uh, if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest news around the entire league. As for this show, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.